Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. And uh, as we as we get ready to go into the Word of God today, um, there there's some phrases, not phrases, but there's some revelation and truth that you have to understand. The Bible talks about the healing uh, power of Jesus Christ. Like the Bible says that there's healing in His wings. Uh, that's physical, yes, but it's also mental, and it's also soul. I think many times we get so fixated on the the physical that we completely forget about the soul healings and there's been some wounds that have happened in your life over the past that you've learned to cover up that you've learned why it's a survival mechanism like I because I cannot bear the weight of it any longer so I need to forget about it and God say no I need to heal it and that's really what we're going to be talking about today is is how God can heal those sides of us that we've forgotten about And sometimes when we think the way that God was going to heal isn't necessarily the way that he chooses to heal. And I I just want to ask you to prepare your hearts today as uh, we dive into the word. We're going to pray and then uh, we're going to be seated before we we dive into scripture today. But uh, I just want to ask you to open up your hearts this morning. Just open up your hands. Heavenly Father, you know what each and every single person is carrying today. God, you know what they've came in here with. Even if they can't remember, Father God, you can remember. God, and you know, I thank you that you want us to be made whole. God, not just in body, God, but in soul and in spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would have your way today in our lives. God, that the walls would drop, that any kind of uh, uh, front that we feel like we have or even that we have to put on, or that we don't even know that we're putting on. God, I pray that there would be a vulnerability for the Holy Spirit to, to sift us. Your word says that it's like a double-edged sword. It divides between bone and marrow. But it's also an intricate surgical instrument. God, that gets to the, the deep part of things. The, the, little, the little tears and, and ligaments. And it can repair little cartilage and, and a little nerves that have been damaged over time. And so, Father, we pray that. That would be true of our souls today. God, and we come before you, we say, God, we're open. Your way. God, however you want, whenever, wherever, God. We say, have your way today. And I just want you to just say, just say these words after me. Say, Lord, search my heart. Heal my heart. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, won't you put your hands together for Jesus? And high five two people as you make your way to your seat. We're going to dive into the word today. Come on, it's going to be a great day. A great day indeed. A great day indeed. And we'll be able to, we'll be able to, we're, we're good, Chris. Chris, he's grooving. <laughs> We're good. We'll, we're all we're all good. We'll, we'll, we're gonna. We're, it's a little bit different today, you know. Sometimes I, I I like to stay in there, but sometimes I like to just dive uh, right into it. I'm really just trying to learn, you know. As as a, 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 a young pastor, I'm just still trying to learn like the ebbs and flows and how the Holy Spirit likes to move and what God likes to do. And uh, I found that you can't ever put God into a box. 
Like you can't ever say this is how God is always going to work. And, and yes, there needs to be order. There needs to be order in how we do things. Yes, I believe that. But I also believe that God is not predictable. He wants to exceed your expectations, not meet them. And so as we dive into the word today, I want you to keep in mind uh, our, our, our phrase of the year was into the current. Into the current. And really what it is is this outrageous obedience. And, and I found out that as God wants to bring our church into the current this year to be obedient to everything he asks of us, I felt like the Holy Spirit was, was telling me, your church has got to be ready for the things that come up when you get into the current. Like, there's things that you find out about yourself that you only really find out when you get into the presence of God. Like, there's parts of us that we never even realized that we had, that we never even realized that we buried until we got into the presence of God. Because I know, as I said earlier, that God wants us to be whole, not just physically, but also spiritually and also emotionally, like our soul. Can I get an amen in here? That God wants us to be whole individuals. And it's important that when those things come up that actually confront the brokenness that we have, that we are obedient. And sometimes we need to be outrageously obedient to the process. Everyone say process. The process that God takes us through. And I'm going to be sharing with you out of 2 Kings chapter 5 today. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Kings chapter 5. But before we go there today, we're actually going to be sharing out of the book of Luke. We're going to be sharing out of the book of Luke. Jesus actually mentions this story in Luke chapter 4, verse 27. He says, and there were many, say many, in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. Oh man, I get to talk about Elisha today. My name is Elishaan, like he's my favorite, next to Jesus, my favorite person in the Bible. I get to talk about Elisha today. I'm excited. You already know it. The moment Eli says, second, we're talking about kings today, he's going to be talking about Elijah or Elisha or something like that. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. so he says, uh, leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. So there was a lot of people with problems during the time of Elisha. There was a lot of people with hurt during the time of Elisha. There was a lot of people with this sickness, leprosy, but I believe how God wants to communicate to us today is that there's a lot of people that are carrying burdens that they cannot or were not built to carry during this day and age, yet none of them were cleansed except who? Naaman. Say Naaman. Naaman. Naaman was not an Israelite. Naaman was a Syrian. He was a commander of an army that opposed Israel. But he got healed. Wait, so like he wasn't a Christian? Like so like he wasn't like God's chosen people? He was a person, no, that actually just believed God, that God wanted to make him well. And so now we dive into 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man. Say great man. Great man. He was a great man in the sight of his master. A great man. He had great accolades. He did great things. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. Many people think it was by the Lord that we have victory, but it's actually 
God uses us to complete his will on planet earth. That sometimes it's not even just a person. God chooses just to use people. And can I tell you that regardless if you feel like you're an enemy to Israel, quote unquote, if you feel like you're an enemy to God, you can still be used by God. What I found is that God still used Naaman to bring about great victories to Aram. So what he didn't realize is that God was using him to defend Israel because Aram was fighting uh, different countries that were coming against Israel. He was a valiant soldier, a great man, but he had leprosy. Everyone say but. He was a great man, but. Have you ever felt like you've had a but in your life? It's okay, you can laugh. Man, I feel like I'm doing really well in my, in my work, but my marriage, having tough times. I feel like I'm having a great marriage, you know, doing really good in my life, but my kids. I feel like I'm doing really well, but there's this thing that just keeps coming back to haunt me, whether it be an addiction, a, a, a hurt, a wound. And what I found is that when you look at people is that every single one of us have Two eyes, one nose, two ears, and most of us, you know, two arms and two legs. But all of us have a, we all got a butt. And the longer you get around people, and the closer you get to them, the sooner you see their. Now I'm up on stage, I can see your eyes, and I can see your arms. I can see your nose and your mouth, but I can't see your. I think it's important for us to realize that we all have a butt, and it's actually really easy for us to hide. It's really easy for us to just kind of sit on it, leave it, and never do anything about it. It's really easy for us to kind of ignore it. It's easy for us to show up at church and do the church thing. And to say, I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you, thou brother? Speaking in tongues, prophesying. But how am I at home? How am I when I'm alone? My dark hour of the soul, what's that like? And this isn't anything to bring condemnation to anyone. I want you to know that I got a butt too. We all got butts. We all CYB as well. CYB, cover your butt. I was going to do CYA, but that's all like military stuff. So like CYB, we all have a butt. And I want you to know that as we dive into the current, I feel like the Holy Spirit was saying to our church today that it is an inevitable that your butt will be exposed. That that thing in your life will come to the surface. And what you do with it will determine if you get healed or not. What do we find out? Jesus said there was many with leprosy, many with leprosy, but the only one that got healed was Naaman, a Syrian. So we find out, spoiler alert, Naaman gets healed, right? But are we going to get healed? So I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm just going to dive right into it today. Title of today's message is, I have a big butt and I cannot lie.
I have a big butt and I cannot lie. We all have a butt. We all have something in our lives that we feel like is holding us back or beating us down. So now let's go into verse 2. So we talked about how he had leprosy. Now verse 2 says, Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master, who would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he could cure him of his leprosy. The prophet she's referring to is Elisha. So Elisha, no one's been cured of leprosy. Elisha hasn't cured anyone with leprosy yet. But he's done many miracles before this. And this woman, she was captured, whether she was a young girl, however old she was, she knew that there was a God in Israel that could heal Naaman. And she was able to share it, even as a slave. What I take from this is do not let your circumstance keep you from trying to make a difference in someone else's life for the kingdom of God. So here she is not realizing how her circumstance is actually used by God to bring about his purpose in someone else's life, even though she was a slave. Now, she could have sat in her circumstance. She could have moped in it. But no, even in the middle of it, she realized, okay, I'm still going to be a light in the darkness right here. She realized that there was someone that could heal Naaman. But get this, Naaman heard from the girl what God could do or what the prophet could do through the power of God. But Naaman could have let it go in one ear and out the other and never experienced healing because your transformation is not related to the word that you hear, but the word that you apply. Because I know a lot of people with a lot of head knowledge, and they can recite passages, but they're still mean, angry, and bitter people. It is not about what you know about God. It's what you actually put into practice. So the closer you get to God, the closer you get to one another, it's only a matter of time. Write this down before you get exposed. It's inevitable. The longer you go to church, it's only a matter of time before that but starts to be exposed. See, now we find about Naaman, he was a man of war. Many battles, he fought many battles in the battle. What do you wear in the battle? You have armor. So no one is able to see his butt. It wasn't until he was at home when his maidservant noticed the leprosy on his skin, whether it was getting worse or maybe it was a more of a, a benign form of leprosy, whatever it may be, it was starting to show when he was at home. But we found out that once he heard that he could be healed, he did something about it. Rather than staying comfortable with his, I'm going to keep doing that all morning, <laughs> he sought out the healing that was available to him. Can I tell you that healing is available to you right now? Can I tell you that we all are a work in progress? But that is the key, that it is progress, not stagnant. What we don't see him doing and what I implore you not to do is just to put up with your butt. Don't put up with it. Don't just be like, yeah, that's just me. I'm just an angry person. I just got an addiction. Yeah, that's just me. I, 
you know what? I just get really wasted on the weekends. That's just me. It's my coping mechanism. In this church, we need to be able to acknowledge it and to say that it's a problem, but not be categorized or identify with it. So we don't look at like where we're at and we say, this is just who I am and who I'll ever be. No, we embrace the fact that there is healing available for us. See, Naaman, we read in verse 4, it says, Naaman, so he did something about the word that he heard. He went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. So now this is what we have. We have a great man listening to the advice of a slave girl. Do you discredit the word that God is bringing to you just because it's the messenger that's bringing it? My kid said, I don't know if I can do this. It's my church. I can do what I want. <laughs> Papa, you said she. I did that. I, I was cleaning windows, and one day I'll do a message about this. And um, I said, S, I, I said the, the, the poop word, you know. There's still kids in the room, so I'm not going to. Uh, and I said it. And I said it because Kelly's vase broke with flowers in it. And it, uh, I, I hit it over, and I go, ah, you know, and Eva was right next to me. She couldn't have been more than three. And she goes, Papa, you said. And I go, oh, no, Mommy's plant. And she immediately got distracted. Oh, no. You think quick, quick on your feet, right, you know. But I can't help the times when my kids confront me and can correct me. There's so much grace that they give me as a dad. They probably get it from their mom. And what I found is that many of us are slow to listen to the message because of the delivery method. We got to be able to be open regardless of who says it. Be open. Is this truth or is this not? We see Naaman put it to practice. What I find is that many men will be up here listening to me from the pulpit, but they have a tough time listening to their wife. And I thought I'd get a lot more support from the women here today. That's fine. I'll be up here by myself. And so God speaks through Kelly sometimes more than he speaks through my prayer time. And I'm open to that. And I want to ask you, are you open to that? Are you open to God's message, not just the messenger? Are you able and willing to obey God if he tells you to do something through someone that seems beneath you? Or something that seems beneath you. So we pick up verse 5. He's talking to the king. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, talking with him, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. He was bringing a whole lot of stuff with him. I can't help but think how he brought all these things with him as if he could buy the healing, as if he could negotiate with the prophet or maybe bribe the prophet, knowing that he wasn't an Israelite. I can't help but think also how the king said, oh, I'll send a message to their king. There was no mention of the king by the girl. He said, go see the prophet. But we see like this weird little phone thing happen where it's like you tell one person one thing, they say another thing to another person, they say another thing to another person. And then we pick up in, in verse 6, the letter that he took to the king of Israel read, 
With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. So like, if you're the king of Israel, you're like, what? This is coming out of nowhere. You want me to, you want me to cure him? This is his response here. This is his response to something that seems impossible for the king of Israel to do. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? He's trying to pick a fight. Because what's going to happen? I'm not going to be able to heal him. So now, Aram's going to be at war with Israel because I couldn't heal this general in the army. Have you ever been worried about something in your life that you felt like was beyond your ability to handle? We see the Israelite king doing just that. So it's either beneath you, well, I'm just going to kind of hide under my butt, or it's so big that it's way beyond me and there's no way that I could ever tackle this. But then we read about Elisha, which we won't go into that quite yet. So we find that the king of Israel, who wasn't even supposed to be involved, is now involved. And so we find him sticking his head trying to, in, in someone else's business, trying to solve their problem rather than pointing them to the only person who can. And in our lives, we will have the tendency to try to fix other people's problems. And in an effort to alleviate their pain, we actually misdirect them. And that's what I want to be able to do as a pastor is I want to be able to just point you in the right direction, not just to help you feel better about yourself, but so that you can experience true healing. But it's a tendency that we all can walk in. We can all, in our effort, because we love people, we just want them to feel better. And so we say, hey, it's okay. And sometimes the help that I give isn't the help that people want to hear because it doesn't alleviate the pain. But sometimes it digs just a little bit deeper. But can I tell you that healing only happens in the deeper things. That we can try to stitch up that wound, but if there's something lying underneath, it's going to get infected. Right? So it doesn't look like healing right away. And that's what this king is feeling. Like, how can I solve this problem? How can I fix this? How can I be able to help this guy be healed? Am I God? And so now he's living in fear. Because he used to be at war with Aram. Evidently, this is the time of peace that they're having because they're able to send um, a convoys back and forth and, 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 and conversations back and forth. So they're evidently at peace. And he doesn't want a war to start up again. And this is what happens when your butt gets exposed because the king of Israel has a but too. His but is that he's worried about Aram. He doesn't think that God can protect him. And so now it starts to come to the surface and he starts to freak out because he doesn't want a war to happen because ultimately he's not trusting God with what's going on. And this is what happened when our but gets exposed. We start to let our past experiences contaminate our perspective of the present moment. Well, I've tried to work on this before, and we've tried to talk about that problem before as a couple, and, and we just don't ever get anywhere. So now we just act like it doesn't exist. I've learned not to confront him when he does that because he just loses his mind, right? So he's, he's, he's now living through the lens of his past experiences. So we find that the same event, though, that triggered the king is actually the same event that inspires Elisha. 
Can I tell you, it's a matter of your perspective and who you turn to that determines if you have hope in your heart or despair. So let's go to the next verse. We got verse 8. It says, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. He said, send him to me. I've got a solution. When the whole world is running from that problem, I'm here to tell you that there is a solution. And you will know that there is a God in this earth. You will know that there is a God who is ready and available and willing to heal that part of you that is so wounded and so hurt. That butt that you have, he just sends them to me and then they will know and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went, verse 9, with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. So here he is. He has his whole entourage with him. Big showboat. Look at what's going on. I got my chariots, my horses, everything that I brought, horns, flashes. Elisha, Naaman is out here, your front door, to see you. So Naaman went with all of his greatness and his And I tell you that coming into church, it is important that if you're going to be planted in this house, that you are open to bringing your butt. I got all these things, but, and if you are going to be planted in this house, we will always be welcomed to people and welcoming to people who bring their butt. Now, you got to get your butt into church in order to work on your butt. So if, if you're listening to the podcast, you got to get your butt in church because you can hide your butt behind that armor of I listen because it's only when you're really around people that your butt can actually be, one, confronted, exposed, but it can actually be healed. And the reason why it's exposed is because God wants it to be healed. The reason why that slave girl saw it was because God wanted to heal it. We got to not run from it when it comes out. So some of us, we stick around long enough until our butt gets exposed and then we will go somewhere else. And then our butt will get exposed and then we'll, but God's saying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on that, right? So he was a great man going to see a great man. We pick up in verse 10. Now Elisha sent a messenger to him. Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Say simple. See, I found that God speaks through simple. Some people come to me as a pastor and they're saying, Pastor, help me. I have a but. And I say, have you been going to church? Have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying? What I found is that God usually works on my butt when I get into his presence. And as we get into the current this year, getting into what God has for us through outrageous obedience, can I tell you, it is inevitable that our butt will be exposed. And now I have the choice of what am I going to do with it? 
and the, God, the, the man speaks, just do something simple. So when that becomes exposed, and I say, well, have you been to church? It's not that I'm undermining your butt. It's that I'm saying, no, I believe that as you do these things, your butt will start to be worked out. And it'll start to be resolved. Okay, so we see this great man seeing a great man, and then Elisha says, just go wash yourself in the Jordan. Notice how he sent his messenger. He didn't even speak to him. But it was a person who was helping him. And I tell you, God can speak through people in this church like he speaks through me. You don't always need to get a word from a pastor. And this is something that I see experienced throughout the Midwest. The pastor becomes the person that we all run to when I believe it's actually the body of Christ that is here to support one another. That's why it's so important that you get a part of a group, right, for us to pray for one another, encourage one another. Well, I don't have the words of the kingdom of God. No, because God speaks through simple Sometimes you don't need to have all the solutions. All you need to do is just point two people to the person who does. Well, have you prayed about it? What has God said about it? Oh, he hasn't said it. Well, let's pray together. And you know what? I'm not going to pray for you. How about you pray and I pray in agreement? Right? Because God speaks through simple. So verse 11, but Naaman, Naaman, Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. I thought he was going to do this. So now we have Naaman. Naaman's talking to his servants. Did you see what he did to me? He didn't even use my name, man. I'm going to, I might just need to, this is done. This is my last joke I'm ever going to (laughs) do. I think that went way over people's heads. He didn't even use my name, man. He just told me what to do. Do you get offended when I don't remember your name? I don't think you should. I try my best, guys. I, 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 I think every one single person would raise their hand if I've either said their name wrong at one point or I said, what's your name again? Right? Now, I think it's important that we personalize because the name is the, your, most, the, your favorite word in the English language. So it's not something that we should throw aside, but it's not something that we should be offended by. We said he went away, and he used the two most dangerous words when it comes to following Jesus, and it's these words right here. I thought. I thought it was going to happen this way. I thought, but what we find out about God, what? His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than your ways and his thoughts higher than your thoughts. So we find that our expectation of God needs to be open to a revision. Otherwise, we will always miss God and what he's doing in our lives. We see Naaman saying the words, I thought. Have you ever thought God was gonna do something a certain way? how God was going to heal your butt. I thought God was going to heal it this way. But God is saying, actually, there's something much deeper than that. What you see is the fruit. But what I want to heal is the root. And so we see him talking about his leprosy. But really, what God is after is his pride and the fact that he doesn't even worship God to begin with. 
So we see him, him basically saying, I thought he surely would have come out to me, stand and called on the name of the Lord. He wanted it to be this little big spectacle. Everyone, look at what was happening. Look at all this. It was, I'm going to come to the front. I'm going to get prayed over. I'm going to get healed. And all these people are going to, wow, look at how great God is. And what I found is that some of us are unwilling to obey God through outrageous obedience because the only person that's really hurting is ourselves. And if it's not going to hinder what other people think about me, then why should I ever work on it? If I'm not, no one's ever going to see it, then why does it even matter? I feel like God is saying it doesn't need to be this big spectacle or show, but I need you to just get away with me so that we can work on this together. So he sends him to the Jordan. He says, go to the Jordan. Go to the Jordan, verse 12. And the, the king name, or the general Naaman is saying, are not Abna and Farpar, the rivers in Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned off and went in a rage. Like, oh, cannot believe I came all this way to be healed by the prophet Elisha. And he didn't even make time to meet with me, the great Naaman. So now we find God's like, hey, bro, like I know this leprosy and all this stuff. Have you ever had like your butt come to the surface when you didn't want it to? I, my butt came to the surface this morning. Just a little level of transparency. Every time we have something where we gather more than 100 people in this room, the toilet clogs. The first meeting we had in this building three years ago, the toilet clogged. I show up today, and one of our great leaders, he goes, hey, Eli, the toilet's clogged. <laughs> I walked back there with Dylan, and I did this. I said, every flipping time I'm in this building, it clogs. And I punched the wall. <laughs> Thanks, Dylan, for exposing my butt. He says it's true. I did that. I wasn't happy that I did that. It's not good. You see what I'm doing there? It's not okay. That's not okay. And I need to apologize to Dylan. This is how this works. Dylan, I'm sorry for losing my temper there. But this is how it works. When I've said to my kids before, I say, hey, I'm sorry that I've lost my temper. When I do it before my wife, hey, I'm sorry that I lost my temper. The reason why I lost my temper in front of Dylan is because I knew Dylan would forgive me. Because I don't want to expose my butt to some people that I don't know if they're going to forgive me. So I didn't want to come up here and say that today. But God says, people got to know that it's okay if your butt comes out every once in a while. Just don't be okay with it. We find he goes off in a rage. His, his servant turns to him in verse 13. It says, Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? Like, so if he told you, go sacrifice a thousand cows, would you do it? Absolutely. He brought $1.2 million with him to give to the prophet. The prophet didn't ask for any of it. He should just do this and be cleansed. Just do something simple. Because what? God is not after your money. He's not after what you can give him. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healed. And you cannot purchase it. You cannot buy it. 
You get it when you encounter his presence and you allow him to work on those things in your life, those buts that you never want to be exposed. So I had a man reach out to me and he, he, I hadn't talked to him in quite a while. He was asking me about it, like marriage, and apparently he's working through some marriage stuff, about to get a divorce. And, and, and I, my heart breaks for him. I just asked him something simple. I said, hey, have you been in a church? And he, he said, no, I haven't been back to church in a really long time. I said, well, have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying? No, 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 no. And, and I just know, I was like, I'm, I can't just sit there and hear what's going on if you're not willing to actually do something. And so I, I just told him simple, listen, hey, you really need to get plugged into a church. You start praying. I sent him some resources about how to help read the Bible. He said, I don't really understand the Bible. It's hard. I said, that's okay. It's okay. We're all at different parts. We're all in different areas. Like, that's okay. Here's some resources. Start with that. And know that I'm praying with you. You're not in this alone. And, 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 and be plugged into a church. And I want to be able to walk with him through it, but he really needs to walk through it with his church. And what I found is that this, this, this servant just tells him, just, just do it. Like, I would, he probably just went to him and said, Naaman, swish, or swoosh. That's all he did. He was probably an intern, and he just wrote up a graphic real quick and said, here, Naaman. What's that mean? I don't know. Just do it. That's the sign of just do it. He said, just go and, and be cleansed. Well, I wanted something great. I wanted something big. I wanted to talk to the prophet. But the prophet was just pointing him to his healing. And what I want to be able to do as a pastor is I don't want to be able to just fix your problems that your butt will come up eventually again. I want to be able to point you to the one that can heal them. And that's why during, like, these messages, some of the things that I speak are just really simple. The pastor doesn't go deep enough. I don't know if I've heard that or not. I'm sure people have said it. Like, just get into his presence. Pray, worship. What do we say? Just keep on coming back. Just keep doing it. Give God a year. We got planted. We're launching it right after this service. And we're saying, hey, get planted in a house. I don't care what house it is. Put these four things into practice and watch how you start to flourish. I'm not doing it so that I can flourish. But I know that flourishing is inevitable when I get planted in a house. And that's why I, I, I speak through simple. Because I believe that God starts to grow me. And he starts to transform me as I allow him and am obedient to him. And so as I come to church, I am a work in progress. We are all works in progress. And God's transformation system is the church. In order to be transformed, what does Jesus say? As any father disciplines his sons, so Jesus disciplines us. And he disciplines us through his bride. He also does it through his Holy Spirit, but it is his bride. It's that ironing, sharpening iron. It's the, wow, I did not like what that person said. So do you just like, just not do anything about it or do you go and talk to them? Because it's usually in the heat of a moment when your butt gets exposed. Then you got a bro and like, bro, what was that, bro? 
not your bro. Bro. All right, brother in Christ. And so I'm open to that. Like, yeah, man, I got some butts. I got some big butts. It's like, that's all right, man. But you can't lie about it. I don't want to be in a church where we're just going around lying about our butts. But we're able to say, I got a big butt too. And I cannot lie. Would you stand here, me? I could not do it with a straight face. <laughs> hey, so this is what I want uh, for our church. I want our church to, to follow this, this passage with all of our butts, all of our deficiencies, our shortcomings. Like, I want you to know that it's okay when you lose your temper. Hear me out. Like, like it's okay, but it's not okay. Right? Like, I don't want you, Pastor said it's okay, as you open up the computer late at night. I'm not saying it's okay. Right? Like, it's not okay. But since it happened, do something about it. Obey it. Obey the word that God, not just hear it. Well, I'm forgiven, redeemed. Yes. Now, is that an identity? There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. I don't necessarily know if you believe that because you're still hiding. Right? Like, so just hear my heart. Like, we're going to God together. And I want us to carry this passage in Matthew 11, verse 28. You got it up there? Awesome. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened by your butts, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can we put our hands together for the word of God this morning? Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.